All right, guys, welcome back to this edition of the Timberwolves Talk podcast. Today, the podcast will be formatted a little differently. We're going to be doing three different sections, one for the play-in prediction, another for awards, and the next one touching on Chris Finch's contract extension. Thank you for joining us today, and we are glad to bring you this rendition of Timberwolves Talk. How are you doing, Chris? How's it going? Doing great, man. Doing hey, really you know- great. You know, it's just happy. I'm just happy to be back. I mean, I know the season didn't go as planned for me and you and with this podcast. Um, you know, a lot of stuff came up. Maybe the views didn't uh, turn out as we would have liked. But um, I can't tell you how happy I am just to be sitting here talking Timberwolves in the playoffs. I guess not yet, but in the play in. And, you know, I just can't be happier. So with that being said, let's jump right into the uh, prediction of the Timberwolves versus the Clippers. All right, let me put a hat on for this. You look like a clown. Ready? I think so. So we'll just do an intro to the uh, Clippers game, and then, yeah, let you do it. All right, go. All right, Timberwolves Talk audience, we did it. We made at least a playing game this year. It's going to be Timberwolves versus Clippers. Um, Honestly, not uh, not the not my favorite first matchup, I guess, for the Timberwolves in the postseason here. Um, but at the same time, uh, you can't complain. You made the postseason. You got to show that you deserve that seventh seed. Yeah, exactly. At some point, you're going to have to play a good team. And um, if we really want to be that playoff team that we think we are, we got to win a game. And I mean, yeah, you're right. This is not not the best matchup for the Timberwolves. Not at all. I wish we would have got to play the Pelicans or the Spurs in the first round. But, you know, we could go into a whole argument about how the play-in series is stupid, but I guarantee you if we were that nine, if we were the nine or ten seed, we'd be talking about how great the play-in is. So it's really just based on your circumstances. But, yeah, we're going to have to play a really tough Clippers team, and we're going to have to get gritty with it and get the dub. Yeah, so let's kind of go over the regular season series between the Timberwolves and the Clippers and how that's unfolded thus far. Um as you guys know, I think we only played Paul George once this season and we lost tremendously to them. I think that was the first game of the season. Um, the season series is at three and one. The Clippers did get the best of us this year. They scored a lot of points from what I remember, um, and we really did not play well in a lot of those games. But it's a new dawn. It's one game. It's at home. And all the pressure is going to be on this team. Uh, I think the line is set right now at two and a half or three. I it keeps fluctuating today. Um, so it's pretty much a pick em game. Me and Peyton were talking about it earlier. Uh, two and a half points, three in the NBA is, you know, that's just free throws. So it's a pick em game. No one really knows what to do. I've seen a lot of analysts go the Clippers way, which, you know, it makes sense. Um, the Clippers have playoff experience on their side. They were just in the Western Conference Finals last year. Um, this team's battle-tested, playoff-tested Um Paul George was literally in his first playoffs when Anthony Edwards was nine years old. Um, yeah, Paul George is that dude. 
and it's going to be a tough game. Really excited though. Yeah. What the, the thing is, what version of Paul George are we going to get? Cause I feel like every time Paul George plays the Timberwolves, he kills us. Like we don't usually have it's a playoff there. P. Is it either playoff P or pandemic P? I mean, there's still some COVID cases going around, so we could end up getting uh, pandemic P, which I hope so. But it's it's critical that we win this first game because I would much rather play the Grizzlies in a seven-game series than the Suns. I just feel like that is just – we've been talking about this also. Like, the Grizzlies are a team, no matter who they play, if they get matched up with the Clippers or the Timberwolves, I feel like they're a team that could have an early exit in the playoffs. The Suns, on the other hand, as much as I, I think we maybe would get one or two games out of that series, I really I don't think we have a shot after that. I mean, if that, Peyton, if we, I mean, play the, if we have to play the Suns in the A seed, like the Suns are going to blow us to shreds. I'm going to be honest. I don't we, know, though. We, we, might get, we might get a game. Might get a game. You're right. Um, but but like you said, going off kind of on the Grizzlies point, it's the Grizzlies are so unproven. Like we've seen so many teams cough, cough, the Jazz that are just regular season Warriors and aren't able to show up in the playoffs yet. And I'm going to be honest, there's going to be a lot of pressure on John Morant to kind of show what he can do, show if he can be that guy in the playoffs. Um, Third season, time to take off. They got a lot of young guys on that roster, and kind of like the Timberwolves. So, I mean, if you're the Grizzlies, you're praying you get the Timberwolves, I feel like. You want young versus young. I would not want to play the Clippers if I were the Grizzlies. Yeah, I just feel like it would be just a lot better of a, a matchup for us to play the Grizzlies. But what I was saying about the Suns is, man, like, I don't know. I think we we match up pretty well against the Suns and we always give them a battle. So that's why I'm saying maybe like we'd get one or two games. Like it's not going to be like um, if we played like the Warriors back in the day when it's just like 4-0 sweep no matter what. Like I feel like we have a decent chance against the Suns and against the Grizzlies. I would honestly say we have a pretty good shot of making it into the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. You, I mean, you look you you do look at the matchups. and I think that's really big. Um you know, the Grizzlies are, they're kind of like the better version of the Timberwolves right now. It's like, right. it's kind of, it's, it's a mirrored roster. It's what we're we striving to be. Exactly. Exactly. You want that breakout season. I think that's kind of what the Wolves are going to hopefully achieve next season, you know, keeping the guys around for another year. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting, man. I'm super excited. Um, kind of getting back to the playing game though. It's, there's going to be a couple matchups to really watch. And we already touched on the first one. Obviously, Paul George is going to be the X factor in this game. He, w- he will be the best player on the court. And if he plays amazing, then it's it's going to be a good ball game for the Clippers. Um, Who's going to guard him? That's the question. That's a, that is a big question. Um, you know, I, I remember them trying Anthony Edwards on him in the first game, <laughs> and that was not not probably the correct move. And you know what? You we, make we adjustments. Learned. Yeah. You make adjustments. Um, I really do like mixing up I like mixing up the wing combos on him you know giving him Bando and McDaniels giving him different looks but also what the Wolves did in the last game that I saw uh not the one they just played but the third game where we won they put Pat Bev on him for a couple possessions Ooh. just to switch it up I mean just he to switch he, it up he played on the Clippers too we're no uh, we got to go back to that I forgot about that whole that whole storyline with Pat Bev but um but yeah Pat Bev might be good who's going to start on him is Pat Bev or is Bando See, I, I think you put Van, I think you give him length to start. If he's, he's kind of just doing his thing, you know, it's, it's good to mix up different looks on star players. I think right. that's really an underrated tactic in the NBA is to, if some guy's killing you on your best defender, give, mix it up. See if you can get something else going or give him some help. You know, Paul George in this game is going to have to be doubled at least once. That's, that's no, no doubt. Um, 
it's it's really the other guys though that you got to keep in check um reggie bullock is that the guy who killed us remember that we were screaming it he had like (laughs) like, not reggie bullock um reggie jackson reggie jackson reggie jackson he went off insane barrage of three-pointers yeah so like when you're i remember talking about this before we played the clippers we said this was earlier in the season we said it's kind of like they have one guy who's insanely good and you want to let in you want to make everyone else beat you and when we got killed by the clippers everyone else beat us and Paul George, we just got beat by everyone. But um, going back to the def- the defending, who's going to defend him? Um, would you hate if we threw a Kogi on him? Maybe a little bit in the start second half, just for a few possessions, because he is the best defender on the team, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't hate that at all. That's why we have him on the team. We've like kept him around. Said, yeah. We've kept him around, and like playoff basketball, this is why you have a guy who literally all he can do is play defense, and like he's been he's, getting some runs. Sorry, I, I'm going on. No, a you're good. You're good. He's been he's been getting some runs in these last few games. I don't know. I wouldn't hate it if we threw him in. I know his offense is horrible. Maybe get a corner three out of him, but I don't know. Maybe we should think about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it's good to have a guy on the bench that can do stuff like that. Um, you know, I th- honestly, you could see some random bench guys being utilized and some bench players that have played all season not play. And I think one of the candidates for that is um, Jalen Noel. I think his playoff minutes could almost be if he's not playing defense, because he he is the worst defender on the team, if you look at the analytics, sadly. Um, I know he provides great offense, but guys, the playoffs you need to defend. That's the right. big, big, you know, piece. You want guys like a Kogi who are gonna sit down and just give effort, um, every single defensive possession. Um, and like I know you mentioned earlier, you, you want someone else to beat you. It's the Clippers at the deadline did that thing. They got those role players. They got Covington. They got Powell. They got the guys that can beat you from three. Those are the guys who are going to be setting up. I would hate to be giving Robert Covington corner threes all game. I would hate to be giving Norman Powell threes. Those are such good players. This this Clippers team is, is deep. It's deep, and they have a top five coach in the NBA, too. Ty Lue has done an incredible job keeping these guys in position like this so they can strike strike upon from the eighth seed to try to get in yeah it's it's honestly unfair that this is the eighth seed we have to play up against and like we also said this i mean if they have Kawhi leonard they might be one of the best teams in the league probably the favorites in the west yeah if they have the, Kawhi the, leonard. the suns versus clippers with the Kawhi with Kawhi, i think it would be a awesome awesome so, western conference game i don't know has Kawhi officially been ruled out for the game yet Yes, for for the playing game, Kawhi is out, and okay. I believe Luke Kennard is doubtful. I didn't see right. the the exact injury reports aren't out yet. It's just kind of speculation. Um, Kennard's been injured a while, as as well as Powell. Powell's only played three games with the Clippers since the trade, but he reports are as Powell will be good to go. And uh, I mean, people forget Powell was like a twenty point per game scorer on the Blazers. I mean, not saying the Blazers are a great team. They're probably the worst team in the NBA right now. But a guy who's a guy who gives you 20 is that's a dangerous guy. So, I mean, there's there's no sleeping on any of these on any of these players in this lineup for the Clippers. All right. So let's get in. Who is your key factor? Who or what is your key factor for the Timberwolves to win or lose this game? Personally, I. I think it's I think it's the other two of the big three. I think Cat Cat's gonna get his. Cat's mm-hmm. always gonna get his. Cat's been incredible this season. Um, you know he's he's gonna do his thing. It's gonna it's gonna be if Anthony Edwards shows up, which personally I think he will. He loves the he loves the games that actually matter. Well, he, he hasn't played many in his life. I mean, like in college, 
he didn't have any really many meaningful games. Yeah, I guess I guess what I should say is is like the Friday night games against the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler returning to Target Center. Anthony Lakers. Edwards is gonna go get him. Go get right. his. Right. The Wednesday night games against the Orlando Magic, Anthony Edwards yeah. might not go get his. Right. And like, um, I mean, we've we've seen greatness in Anthony Edwards. We've predicted maybe he's going to be one of the all time greats. This is how it starts. This is how when he has his documentary in 20 years, the last dance, Anthony Edwards edition. This is one. This is how the story's being written, like right here. Play in game first playoffs against the Clippers second season. This is it right here. So if he's really going to be that great player that we expect him to be want him to be this is where he's gonna have to show up and i i believe in him i really do um you go other 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 point too is uh you know the this the third out of the big three is d'angelo russell he's often the one that's the aforementioned one after anthony edwards and carl anthony towns um which d'angelo russell are we gonna get tomorrow night um if this whenever this is uploaded which d'angelo russell are we gonna get tuesday night and the d'angelo russell i really really want is the 18 point per game on good shooting and 10 assists, D'Angelo Russell, who, who communicates on defense. That's the D'Angelo Russell we need. We need playoff D'Angelo Russell. And he's another guy, the big moments too. It seems like he takes advantage of it. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited for those two to show show me what they got. And, you know, I you might mention something about it. I don't know your point, but Malik Beasley's going to have to hit his threes too. We're going to need bench scoring. Yeah, you're going right into my great transition there. Malik Beasley, that's my key factor. Um, I think we'll know very quickly in the game which version of Malik Beasley we're getting because he's either going to miss three threes in a row or he's going to make three threes in a row. And you know what? My message to Malik, keep shooting. This is the playoffs, and we've watched him so many times. I know people get annoyed, but he needs to keep shooting because it just takes one. And if we can hang around, maybe he goes 0 for 7 to start out, and then he finally makes one and makes four in a row. And then that's the key factor of the game. So – I think Malik Beasley and also Torian Prince, if we can get the bench guys going and rolling, you know, I think I think we have a really good shot. It's just, I don't know, if they are missing shots, I'm, I'm not too optimistic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think very, you know, good trend for Malik going into the plan here. He's had a excellent, you know, month and a half here of shootings. Same with Torian Prince. Torian oh, Prince yeah. has really turned up the last, you know, half of the season. Those two guys are gonna. I think they're gonna make a big impact. Um, this Clippers team is deep. That's what they. That's what they work on. Our depth needs to match up with their depth. So, and I mean, we yeah. just uh, seventy-five bench points. Was that a franchise record last game? Last, uh, yeah, I think it was actually. It I think was. We beat ours. <laughs> Even though I mean, the bench played the whole game, but yeah. still, yeah, yeah. but still, I mean, our bench has been great this year. And you look at the games when we have beat teams that are better than us it's usually the bench that really makes the impact in the game so i don't know man i'm nervous i'm nervous i'm so excited um chris is going to be at the game and i cannot be at the game so i'm going to be angry and hopefully i can watch most of the game but i don't know i'm so excited man this is what we've been doing this for for two years like a playoff basketball game honestly this I think the atmosphere in the arena might even be more than more than like a game three or a game four. Like yeah. th- this is this could be like this is one game. You know, we got to win this game. Um, it, but but yeah, it's go ahead. Yeah, what I was gonna say is like I know some people might be saying like yeah, this is double elimination. Like even if we lose this game, we still have a pretty good shot of making the playoffs. I think that's a horrible take. 
because I think that if we allow ourselves to um, play either the Spurs or the Pelicans, that's just trouble waiting to happen. We got to take care of business and just, just seal our spot in a seven game series as quick as possible. This is a must win game. And if we lose this game, I think we're in trouble. I mean, the, it's just like we touched on earlier. The difference between the seventh and the A seed is monumental. I, I, I have confidence playing the Grizzlies. I don't have so much confidence playing the Suns. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We're writing we'll see. our own story. I mean, we might hate the play-in game, but if we win the game, it doesn't matter that there's a play-in tournament. We're right at the seventh seed where we belong. So, I mean, we can complain all we want about how the play-in's stupid, but at the end of the day, we are in, we're in control right now. No one else is controlling us besides the Minnesota Timberwolves. If we win the game, we're the seventh seed and we get to play the Memphis Grizzlies. So hopefully we can um, – our next video, we're going to be talking about the uh, playoff series predictions against the Grizzlies. All right. Well, I guess last thing to leave it off on, it seems like most of the experts and analysts are picking the Clippers. Um, Peyton, who's your, who's your pick for game one of the plan in the Western Conference? You know, I um... – before we start talking about this, I was kind of thinking, you know, maybe the Clippers are going to win this game. But after we've broken down everything that needs to happen, I'm picking the Timberwolves. It's going to be a very close game. And I'm also picking uh, D'Angelo Russell. He's going to hit a huge shot late in the game that is going to is going to propel us to the win. All right, man. I, I'm going to have to agree with you. I got 113-107. 113-107? I got 124-122. Minnesota Ooh. Timberwolves win, but don't cover the spread. All right. Thank you guys for listening to the video today. Uh, got some more coming out soon, so stay tuned. All right. Hell yeah, that was solid. I, we got, we got good energy. One. We got good energy yeah. today. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get into this. I want to do the, um, the giveaway video because right. we'll just throw that. We'll do, this clip, we'll do the clip of that and just throw it in the beginning of every single video. All right. Um, okay. Hey guys, it's Peyton from the Timberwolves Talk podcast. Um, we want to announce a, a big giveaway here that we're going to be doing in, uh, in advance of the Timberwolves versus Clippers game on Tuesday night. So the giveaway is, um, if you comment the score under this post, under this YouTube video or Instagram, wherever you're seeing this, and you get the score correct, or you're the closest out of anyone, you get to pick out one t-shirt on jakesgrafts.com. Um, he's got hilarious t-shirts. Um, we don't know him personally. This is not affiliated with him at all. I, we just think he has great, great stuff. And if you can pick the, the score closest, you can pick out anything on his website, any T-shirt, and we'll send it your way. Rules for the giveaway. Got to be subscribed to the channel. Got uh, to be following our Instagram. Um, but that's about it. You don't have to repost it, nothing. No. Just, just comment your score, and you're good to go. Maybe go give us a like on our last post. I mean, I mean you could do that too, you but it's not, it's not mandatory. It's not mandatory. Solid. Um, <laughs> I'm dying. All right. All right, guys. Huge news coming in today. Um, Monday, April 11th. The Timberwolves have announced the contract extension of uh, Christopher Finch. Chris? Sharing the same name as him, what do you think about the extension? Can you go into some of the details? Because I don't know the exact details. Yeah, I don't think the Timberwolves haven't announced it yet. But okay. from what I've seen on Twitter, uh, it's a three-year 
extension upon the one year remaining left on this original deal. So it'll be four more years, at least of Finchie and Minnesota along with his staff, um, which is, you know, obviously that was going to happen. Um, Finch led the most improved team from last year to this year. Um, we are the top scoring team in the NBA now. Yep, uh, saw that in the regular season, most three pointers made Finch came in to be an offensive guy. That's what we were struggling with. And guess what? We, uh, we found the offense definitely, especially in the second half of the season too. We were, it seemed like it was the norm to score 130 points every single night. Um, but yeah, I, I've been thoroughly impressed with Finchie. Peyton and I have been on board with him since, since the day, day of one. the hiring, since, since the controversy, since, since everyone else wasn't on board with him. We've been on board with him. We say, give him a shot. And guess what? He's, he might be one of the most beloved men in Minnesota at the moment. <laughs> Let me just say this, man. I love Finch. You got to get a sticker that says that, but um, I don't know, man. I, the way I like to measure him up against is look at the Minnesota Timberwolves, the same roster minus Pat Bev, Torian Prince, but basically than that, other than that, the same roster last season with Ryan Saunders, we were horrible, unwatchable. One of the worst teams in the league. It was honestly embarrassing to be, uh, to cover the team. Like it, it honestly ruined my night every single night when I would have to watch a Timberwolves game and then talk about it. Watching the game was sad. Talking about the game was sad. And it really was just, it, it ruined my mood. But then you throw Chris Finch with the same roster and give him a whole off season and look what he's done. He's made me the happiest person alive. He's made Chris a very happy man. That's how I, that's how I measured it up. He has, he's been phenomenal. And the first thing he said, you know, in his opening press conference is, I think John Krasinski asked him, how do you want to be measured this season? And this, at this point, it, the season was over. Like, right. Sa- Saunders dug us a deep hole and Finch said, I want, I want to be judged by my wins and losses. I mean, that's, exactly. that's, that's all you can want, man. That's- and it was, it was very controversial because people wanted us to lose out. They wanted us to lose out that season so we could uh, tank for whoever we were trying to tank for, even though we probably wouldn't even have got the draft pick. But he, we, we, we honestly, we started to get better towards the end of the season last year, and that's a big part of Chris Finch. What gives me so much hope is too is guys, this roster is very imperfect. This is yeah. not a complete roster by any means, and the biggest issue coming into the season was going to be defense. And overall, this entire year, I mean, it's had its ups and downs. We're we're thirteenth in defensive rating. Um, where as at the beginning of the season, I thought we were going to be a bottom three team. So I mean, you got to give him credit for that. And he did it with personnel who can't play defense that well. Like he right. had a couple players who could play defense, team defense. Um, I think next season, when you see some overload in the summer, um, this is not going to be the same team, you know, whether you like it or not. I know it's a great, like emotional team. Like I'm going to remember this team for a while, but I'm going to be happy when he gets some players that he needs. Like this is, I think next year you can see the, Met- the Memphis Grizzlies jump. Um, but yeah, I thrilled with Finch super happy we get them for four more years here um and the staff too i think they've all done a good job i just love how much the team also loves him like there's been countless times where the players have mentioned in their post-game interviews like just randomly like why is chris finch not being mentioned for coach of the year and it says a lot says a lot about the players it says a lot and like it says a lot about his relationship with the players and he he gives them a, a voice. You always see D'Angelo Russell talking to Finch, and he listens to the players. Um, he had a really, a really good quote. Right? You know when Anthony Edwards was trying to get fifty points, and it was uh, it was a bad look. 
Yeah, it really was. And he admitted that he said it was a bad look. Um, I don't want to misquote him horribly, but he said basically that um, there's a lot of immaturities on this team. But the one thing that he didn't hate is that they were unselfish and like people were trying to help Anthony Edwards get 50 points. And it was kind of a team effort. And he said maybe they weren't pointed in the right direction completely, but he likes that it was a team effort a little bit. And this is kind of it's kind of butting off, you know, not exactly Chris Finch, but randomly today, I just saw a quote that Nate Knight said. He just said, Nas Reed is my best friend. Like, <laughs> what? like I, I, I'm going to somehow indirectly attribute that to Chris Finch, because in what world is our Nate Knight and Nas Reed best friends? Like, with, like you got to have some team chemistry. You got to have, have something, man. Dude, I, I want to, like, I think my change in my Instagram bio to that. <laughs> Someone has to make a T-shirt that just says Nas Reed is my best friend at Jake's Graphs. Maybe make a T-shirt that says that. I think that's a solid one. But yeah, I you, think you see it, man. You see it. You see the chemistry. You see everything. You see the he, buy-in. If he makes a run this year in the playoffs, I think his stock's only going to go up. So I'm happy we locked him in before the playoffs and a long-term extension. That's right, man. But yeah, that I think we touched on most of it. Um, happy for you, Finchie. Happy for the team. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right. All right. So now we'll go into the awards. I, we should probably have stats. I think. I think that'd be. Yeah, we can. We should, we should research this one a little bit. <coughs> MVP, Carl Anthony Towns. All right. Tell me the categories so I can put it up in my notes. Uh, MVP, most improved, newcomer of the year, and defensive player of the year, and rookie of the year. <laughs> Isn't it only Balmero? Uh, I guess McKinley Wright played in like three games. <laughs> yeah. MVP cat most improved. I'm gonna leave that newcomer of the year. <laughs> Rookie of the year. How do you do? You want to do like a comparison of year to year? Uh, how they've how they've played each year. How can I do like this year versus last year for D'Angelo Russell? Oh, go to uh basketball reference doc. Look up D'Angelo Russell on basketball reference. You can see all the stats from year to year. Okay. And then Depoy, is that what you said? Depoy, yeah. All right, MVP, MIP, newcomer, rookie of the year, Depoy. Let's go. I mean, I can't do D'Lo. He's he went down in points. He went down in percentage wise points. I think he went up in assists though, didn't he? Was that the big? He went up in assists and like defensively, he seemed a lot better. Defensive Player of the Year. That one's tough. Who do you go, Pat Bev or? I might go. I might give Vandal some. I already said Pat Pev. Maybe I'll give Vandal some love there. Might go Vandal for most improved. It's a good one too. Just out of respect. Or what about fucking Jordan McLaughlin? True. It's another one. I'm gonna go with Jordan McLaughlin. I feel like that's a MIP. Nah, he's yeah. lower in point. He averaged five last year. He's only averaging three this year. I might go. His stats are horrible. He has the worst stats of his career. 
like a Instead of instead of rookie of the year, we should do bench player of the year. Bench player of the year? Yeah. I'm also thinking instead of newcomer of the year, because that's obviously uh Pat Bev, we could do like culture changer of the year or something like biggest input like we can make it a different award than newcomer, like most impactful or something. Yeah, I like that. What the fuck do you spell Jared Vanderbilt? Most impactful. All right, we have MVP, MIP, most impactful, bench player of the year, and defensive player of the year. Wait. MVP, MIP, most impactful, and defensive player of the year. Are you doing bench player of the year? Oh, and fucking and bench player of the year. Yeah. Should we just eliminate most impactful? Sure. Bench player of the year. I like bench player of the year and defensive. We got to. Yeah, I like that. Right. We'll just go six man of the year instead of bench player of the year. That's fucking stupid. Duh. Six man of the year. All right. Now we have actual awards here. What the fuck do you spell Jared Vanderbilt? Um, I just said Vando. Yeah, I'm trying to look him up on basketball reference. His stats aren't, dude, none of these guys. So it's going to have like these, I guess, rebounds. Nas Reed is my best friend. <laughs> That's the funniest, like. <laughs> he said Nas Reed is everyone's best friend, too, including Nas Reed's best friend. <laughs> is that a video? They have a video of that? <laughs> I hope so. MVP Cat, you got stats for Cat? Yeah, I'll look it up. All right. Uh, defensive player of the year. You do who are you doing for defensive player of the year? I said I said uh Pat Bev. What do you have? I was gonna do Pat Bev, but I'll do Jaden McDaniels out of respect. All right. He might be most improved player too, dude. He that's what I was thinking. I was between him and I was between him and so I did Vandal for most improved. You did Vandal? Yeah. What the fuck? Okay, I'll do Vandal for defensive player. All right. I'll do most improved Jaden. All right. Six six man's fine. I know who we both have for six man. Malik? Yeah. Carl was 50 40 80, wasn't he? This year? 
No, they don't. You know what? One of have you ever heard this cat nickname? What special K? Special K. <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> oh man, most improved. I guess Jaden. All right, guys. And for our last segment today, we are going to be giving out team awards for, I believe, MVP, MIP, um, Defensive Player of the Year, and Sixth Man of the Year for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And Rookie of the Year, most importantly. (laughs) At the end, we'll do that. All right. Stick around for that. (laughs) If you want to start us off with MVP, I think we probably both have the same, but... Yeah, um, my MVP, Carl Anthony Towns. It um, it seemed in a team full of inconsistency, Carl uh, was that consistent rock for us every single game. Honestly, I don't really remember him having a bad game this year. It's just whenever we needed him, he's always there. He's consistently there, and our team's success is really dependent on if other people can step up because he's always going to be there. He's the he's the constant variable on this team. And that's why he's the most valuable player to the team. If we don't have Carl Anthony Towns, we're not even close to the play-in. Whereas if we don't have Anthony Edwards, I think we still have a shot. If we don't have D'Angelo Russell, we still have a shot. But without Carl Anthony Towns, this team is not much. Yeah, again, just another 50-40-80 season for Carl Anthony Towns. Casual. Casual. That's just, <laughs> you know, that's just things he does now. Um, he's my MVP too, you know. Uh, Three-pointers down this year, but at the same time, I think Carl did a very good job of learning how to drive to the basket this year, learning how effective he is off the dribble. And I think he just added one of the more dangerous tools to what he can do for the future. Um, Cap proved he can be a, you know, a, a leader that leads the team to the playoffs this year. And, um, you know, we'll get to see how he does in the playoffs. But, yeah, I think easy pick for both of us uh, for MVP. Yeah, I think that. Depending on how he does in the playoffs this year, I think this could be a springboard into him being a candidate for the league's MVP. I think he definitely has all of the all the attributes that an MVP needs, and especially seeing a player like Jokic win it back-to-back years. I think Carl has the potential in the future. If this Timberwolves team can take that Memphis Grizzlies step, I think Carl Anthony Towns could be a real potential uh, candidate for MVP, maybe not next year, but in the years to come. Yeah. Um, let's go into most improved player. This one I've been, I've been all over the place with most improved player. I was, uh, I started off with Vanderbilt and then I said, eh, maybe Jaden McDaniels should be the most improved player. And then now looking at that run down on my piece of paper, I'm going to switch it up on you completely and go back to who I originally said. I know his stats are worse than last year, but I think the most improved player on the Timberwolves is D'Angelo Russell. And I know this is, this is going to be a take that not many people are going to, It's a hot take. It's a hot take, but it it really isn't to me. I think that as a leader and as um, in maturity, I think, or in his maturity, I think that's where he improved the most. And I think I could argue that his his maturity level, the the amount that he's um, gained from last year to this year is more than anyone else gained in stats for the Timberwolves. So I think D'Angelo Russell and defensively, as a defensive leader, he's really helped bring the Timberwolves to the next level. And that's why I think he is the most improved player on the Timberwolves. All right. 
Um, I'm going to go with Jared Vanderbilt. Um, and the reason why is I think that was a gaping position to start the year at the four. I think we were all, you know, pretty worried about who was going to be there. Was it going to be McDaniels? Was he going to make that next step? Um, we actually tried McDaniels for the first, I think, two, three games, if you guys remember. Um, and then we switched it up, put Jared Vanderbilt in there. And I think everything changed. Like there was just a change in the mindset of the team. There was a change in how they looked on the court. Um, yeah, I mean, career highs in points, rebounds, steals, free throw percentage, shooting percentage, like minutes played his minutes played went from 17 to 25, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah. I mean, Van- Vanderbilt's been one of the, you know, best five players on the team for the entire year. And I, that's, that's a tribute to him because I think last year we we're all looking at him as a, as a bench player, um, paid at, at one point, we were wondering if he would even be on the team this year. That's what um, I was just about to say. We didn't even know if he was, if it was worth it to re-sign him for, cause he was in contract negotiations for a while. We didn't even think it was that big of a deal that we weren't maybe not going to sign him. Yeah. But cheap we got three, him for a steal. Cheap three-year deal. I mean, that's, that's going to be awesome. I think, uh, you know, at the next after these two years with the Wolves, I think he could possibly even get paid by someone. So, I mean, good work by Vando. He's he's my most improved. Yeah, and it, the amount of impact he's had on the culture of the Timberwolves is incredible. He's uh, he has a nonstop motor, and I've been watching the Last Dance um, a decent amount. And I, you know, I love the Dennis Rodman comparisons that we came up with last year. I think he really is the less crazy version of Dennis Rodman, just the way he rebounds the ball so effectively. And I'm so happy he's finally getting um, attention from the, the national media. 100%. All right. All right. Uh, let's go in defensive player of the year. I'm going to go into it because, you know, it's not much different from what you just said. I, my defensive player of the year is Jared Vanderbilt. I think that um, with a defensive rating of 107, I think that he um, – he was our best defender overall. I think he was the most impactful. And, you know, I guess I can't fully give him the, the award yet until he locks down Paul George on Tuesday night. But um, that's my vote for defensive player of the year. Yeah. Um, my defensive player of the year this year is going to be Patrick Beverly. Um, so last season, our Minnesota Timberwolves were ranked 26 in the, in the NBA in defensive rating um, at 115. One player gets added to the roster. Um, and that's Patrick Beverly besides Torian Prince. Um, Pat Bev significantly, you know, changed our defensive rating, you know, along with some scheme changes. We went from 26 to 11th. Um, and we had this year 111, I believe, for defensive rating. Individually, he had a really good year, too. Um, over one steals, um, about a block per game, four rebounds. I mean, that's gritty. That's exactly what you want from, uh, you know, a guard defender. So I, th- I think Patrick Beverly is going to be my defensive player of the year for the Timberwolves. All right. Six man of the year. Um, my vote's going to be Malik Threesley. Um, He started off horrible, horrible. And not many people were defending him. I, I, I believed in him the whole way this whole year. And he ended the season on a tear that has just been, it's been the old Malik and it is reminded everyone of why he's such a, a valuable player. And yeah, he is my sixth man of the year. And I'm so excited to see what he's going to do in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I think Malik's been our sixth man of the year. Um, Even with a bad first half, I think his incredible second half kind of like overshadows the bad of this year. I mean, if you look at it, it, 
he's down from three point percentage from last year. It's it went from forty percent to thirty seven. Um, he's down in three point makes, down in three point attempts, down in points, but he's still shooting the volume three at a very good clip. He's taking eight over eight threes per game and hitting thirty seven, almost thirty eight percent of them. That works for me, man. That that's that's gonna work for any team. And it, it, just the eye test. I mean, recently has shown he's more locked in on defense. Um, he's more engaged into the game. He's being trusted more by the coaching staff, and he's hitting shots like Malik can hit shots. So I, I've I've been really impressed. Um, and I think he's gonna be a very important tool in the postseason here. All right, and then the next most controversial award we're gonna go rookie of the year. Um, it's really between two players, McKinley Wright the fourth and Balmero. Balmero started off real hot to start the season. He even started a game, if you could believe that. <laughs> and he played horrible in his start. But, you know, I think overall, in the entirety, I'm going to have to go with Balmero over McKinley Wright. Um, just my hot take. I don't know if, if that's what the rest <laughs> of the fans are going to say, but I think he earned it this year. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really have a pick in the draft, I guess, besides their second rounder. So I'll go with Balmero, too. I think they're, you know – not a ton of glimpse this year of what he can really do, but in, in the G League, he was he's been he's putting great. monster numbers in the G League. So I mean, there's obvious potential there. Like we said, he is a project player. It took him even a year just to get over to the team. Um, you know, hindsight's 2020 probably even should have took another year overseas this Maybe. year, Maybe. starting. Um, but you know, I this we could look at this in three, four years. And who knows? He could be a really solid point guard. I don't know. The jury's still out on him. I guess he's my rookie of the year. All right. That's a great, that's a great take. So that's going to get us to the end of these three segments. Um, A little bit different of a podcast today, just trying to be a little bit more formal than just rambling for 40 minutes. But yeah, I just, um, it's been a fun season, man. And I, I know we talked about this earlier. I know that we haven't been able to put out the content that we would have liked. I mean, last year we were, super consistent and the team was horrible this year the team was amazing and we could barely get you guys an episode a month so it just shows that sometimes life is more important than podcasts but yeah i just i don't know it's really this podcast has really meant a lot to me and i just i love being able to connect with the fans i love being able to say stupid stuff about how i think d'angelo russell is the most improved player and just have people people listen like i mean I have no stats to back it up, but that's just that's just my own personal take. And I mean, it's, it's cool to have a platform to be able to say stuff like that and have at least forty people listen. You know? Yeah, man. Um, you know, it's not over yet, guys. We got at least two more games this season. Um, I'm I'm sure we're gonna break down the first play-in game. Uh, I think we can we can definitely promise you that we'll have a little video detailing. I, would hope I think so. I detailing would hope the so. first playing game, if if need be, a second playing game, and. If we get to the playoffs, uh, you uh, we can promise you we'll get a breakdown of each game for you. Guys we can all yet. we can also promise you we will be doing a stream of a playoff game if we yes. make it to the playoffs. I think that that would it's only necessary. Yeah, I will. I mean, hopefully we can be able to stream both away playoff games and hopefully more than that if we if we advance. I think that'd be pretty cool. But uh, life does come at you. We can promise you a few things. We can't promise you others, but we will be getting postseason content out for you. Yeah. And I, like I said, man, it's just been, it's been fun. And it's the podcast is really before the podcast, man, I was not a big Timberwolves fan. And I think if you guys paid attention way back in the day, I did not know much about the team and just doing this podcast has really, I've started watching all the Timberwolves games. I've gotten completely invested to the point where 
this play-in game is going to is gonna mean a lot to me, as I know it's going to mean a lot to everyone else. So it's just been awesome, and I'm happy we've had the opportunity to do this. So thank you guys so much for watching. If you haven't yet, uh, shoot us a subscribe. Make sure to like this video. And also make sure to comment your score prediction. The closest one's going to get a free shirt from jakescrafts.com provided by us. No affiliation with Jake. But, yeah. That's all I got to say, man. You hit it on the head. <laughs> all right. Uh, good luck to the Timberwolves. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. And uh, we'll see you guys later.